0: Well, good morning, everybody. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack Holvey. I'm the Associate Minister of Discipleship. Um, I've been very blessed in my life um, with my family. I'm very appreciative of my family, my, my parents, my grandparents, and all they've taught me. And they've taught me a lot throughout my life. One such thing that they've taught me, and they would tend to remind me of this as I was a child quite often, is this idea that as you get older, time seems to move faster. Time seems to just keep moving faster and faster and faster as you get older. And so it's important to stop and take it in, and just be there in that, to absorb what's going on around you. I appreciated so very much Frank Lloyd's communion meditation and offering meditation. It goes along very well with this message We get very busy, don't we, in life? Very, very busy. There's a lot going on. So much going on. And I I want you to hear me out on this. This isn't going to be a sermon to say, stop doing the things that you're doing. No. Instead, it's going to encourage you to maybe do what you're doing out of a different place. So we started our sermon series uh, called Simply Transformed last week. And we talked over this idea of how we're supposed to be different from the world, and our call to be different from the world. right? And as we're going to go along in this sermon series, we're going to see that um, there are some different ways that we can achieve that or pursue after that. Um, also, we're going to look at how, what, just what it looks like to be a transformed person, and how that translates into our relationships with others. Uh, before we get started, I want to, again, read the Oxford Dictionary definition of, of uh, transform, which is this, make a thorough or dramatic change in form, appearance, or character of. A thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of. Not supposed to stay the same, are we? We're supposed to look different. That's what we talked about last week. But how how do we actually pursue after that? Okay, we know we're supposed to be different. How do we actually pursue after being different? Let's talk about that this morning. The word that I want you to hold on to this morning is be. A very, very simple word. Two letters. Two letters. Just, Just be. Be there. Be in the moment. Be with Jesus. Slow down, take time to be with him. And then guess what? We can do out of our being. The, my, my class on discipleship has heard this a lot. We've been talking about this idea of doing out of our being so much over the past 10 or so weeks. And now I'm, I'm excited to be able to share that with, with the rest of you and just say, hey, um, I'm not going to tell you to stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to tell you keep doing what you're doing. But maybe, just maybe, we might be in a place where we need to slow down and just be with Jesus, so that therefore we can continue doing, but also we can recognize why we're doing what we're doing, how we're supposed to love others while we're doing what we are doing. And you might, you might have already read what example we're going to be looking at in Scripture today It's a pretty natural jump to read about Mary and Martha as we talk about this idea of being with Jesus. So let's go there now. We're going to start off. Luke chapter 10 says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now if you had been in my discipleship class, you would have known that this is a wonderful start. Martha is off to a wonderful, wonderful start because if we're discipling people, we're building relationships with people. And guess what? That involves inviting people into our lives, inviting people into our homes, saying, hey, I want to get to know you. I want to eat with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to, I want to just be with you and just kind of just learn about you, learn where you're from, why, why you do what you do. And with Martha, right, she's obviously heard of Jesus before because she seems very excited to host Jesus and his disciples. And so she's very excited to welcome him and the disciples into her home. But we do see that so Martha opened her home to Jesus and to others. And that's something that we should be doing. We should be opening our homes to people. We should be wanting to get to know them, learn more about them, wanting to understand them, where they're at, why they are at where they are at simply just building a relationship with someone. Simply just getting to know people. Our culture is so focused on just doing all the things that we need to do personally in our own lives. Sometimes it's hard to be focused on others and where they are at. But Martha is off to a wonderful start. She says, hey, come on in. We'll feed you. We'll talk to you. We'll build a relationship with you. And then also her sister Mary, right? She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Listening to what he said. But Mary took time to be at Jesus' feet soaking in what he has to offer. Mary took time to be at Jesus' feet soaking in what he has to offer. So last week, the question that was kind of continually happening throughout the sermon is, who's in your chair, right? If you don't know what that question means, you can go back and listen to the sermon, who's in your chair? But then also, once you've established that Jesus is in your chair, are you now sitting at his feet, learning from him, listening to him, experiencing what he has to offer? Are you there just in a childlike manner, just ready to soak in who Jesus is and what he has to offer you. Because Mary took the time to do just that, to sit at his feet and learn from him, just to simply be there in the moment with Jesus. To say, hey, I know life is crazy. I know we have all these people in our home that, is, that aren't normally in our home. I know there's probably a lot to do, but guess what? I don't get to see Jesus very much in person, so I'm going to sit at his feet and learn from him, listening to him, actually listening, not just sitting there and pretending like she's listening, but actually being there because she wants to, because she loves Jesus. Are you at Jesus' feet? Are you there listening to him, learning from him? And then Luke 10, 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Listen, she's sitting in front of you, learning from you. Tell her to help me actually make all the preparations that need to be made. So, meanwhile, Martha is running around tending to every little thing. And what's interesting, that word distracted... That's the only time that word ever happens in the Bible, in, in the Greek. It's the only time. But she's distracted. Her attention is taken away from Jesus by the things that she feels the need to, to accomplish, by the things that she feels the need to do. When, in all actuality, based on Jesus' reaction, and we'll get to that later, I think those things would have been taken care of regardless whether she had sat at Jesus' feet and listened to him or whether she was just doing the things that she felt she needed to do. So you have these two sisters, right? And, and like I said, Martha started off really well. It's not all bad what Martha does in this story, right? She's kind of the, the, the agent of inviting the people into the home, it seems, She opens up her home to these people because she wants to build a relationship with them. The problem is she doesn't actually build a relationship with them because she is running around tending to every little thing. But her sister Martha, her sister Martha is at Jesus' feet. So I ask you again, are you at Jesus' feet? Now we're going to take a brief pause from this story and we're going to come back to it later on. I want to look at a few different examples of this idea of just being with God, of just being with him, being present with him. A certain ruler asked him, "'Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?' "'Why do you call me good?' Jesus answered, "'No one is good except God alone.'" You know the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. All right, Jesus says you lack one thing. Now, in, in my brain, that's a lot more than one thing to sell everyone, like, all of your possessions. But nonetheless, Jesus says you still lack one, one thing that you are lacking. And this is what I believe it is. The rich young ruler, he lacked one thing, and that was being with Jesus. It, right, he's convinced, like, I've done all the things. I've done all the right things. I've kept the commandments. I've done them all. Like, I've kept them all since I was a boy. What must I still do to get into heaven? And Jesus says, and I'm convinced it's because Jesus knows the rich young ruler better than he actually knows himself, right? So Jesus says, you're caught up in the wrong thing. You're caught up in the wrong thing. You're convinced that what you do gets you into heaven. And that's not true. You just need to be with me. You just need to follow me. And that's why he challenges him to sell all of his possessions. Because guess what? He knows that is what is causing him to stumble. Jesus knows that is what is causing the rich young ruler to stumble. All you need to do is just follow me. Be with me. Now, I don't think that that means that we're all supposed to sell all of our possessions, right? But there are things in our life that sometimes, going back to Martha, they distract us from Jesus. They distract us from actually being with him, of spending time at his feet. They distract us and keep us from actually being there to listen for Jesus' voice, to learn from him. But that is what the rich young ruler lacked. He lacked just simply being with Jesus. He was so caught up in, hey, I've done everything, I've kept all the commandments, I don't need what what else do I need? Jesus says, "Just simply be with me. That's all you need." His mind is in a separate, going in a separate direction. He's distracted from actually being with Jesus. Now, in Psalm 27, David says this: "The Lord is my light and my salvation; whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life; of whom shall I be afraid?" David wanted only one thing, and that was to be with God forever. One thing do I ask. One thing do I want, and that is to be with you, God, forever, to dwell in your presence forever, to see your face forever. Just, just the one thing. The one thing do I want is, is God. That's, that's, that's it. All this stuff that's happening around me, all these enemies that are attacking me, one thing, one thing, and that is God himself. As I grow up as a little kid, I, I, just, I, pictured, I pictured images of heaven and hell. What do they look like? And I'm so caught up with the question of what do they actually look like? You know, what is the physical like, atmosphere of heaven and hell going to look like? And more and more as I grow older, I'm convinced that's not the important question, That's not the important factor. The important thing is that heaven is spending eternity with God, and hell is spending eternity separated from God. That is what I'm convinced of. And so I I come alongside David and saying, hey, the one thing that I want, the one thing that I want is just to be with God forever. And isn't that what we should all want? I just want to be in the presence of God that's it. That's the one thing. The one thing. And the rich young ruler, he couldn't see it. He says, I just got to get into heaven. That's what I got to do. So what do I got to keep doing to get into heaven? And Jesus says, no, you're missing the point. You're missing the point, sir. You just have to be with me. You just have to be in my presence. And then David, at least in this moment, he seems to get it. The one thing that I want is to be with God forever. Now let's return back to the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus is responding to her, Now Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There's only one thing needed. And Mary chose that. And what did Mary choose? Well, Mary chooses the one thing, and that is to be with Jesus. Just to simply be at his feet learning from him, hearing him, understanding him a little bit more, not fully, right? But hearing Jesus, actually hearing him. And she takes time to do that, right? It's not just, hey, I I have all the time in the world. It's, hey, there's things that could be done right now, but I'm going to make an effort and make time to sit at Jesus' feet. That's why I enjoyed so much Frank's uh, meditations this morning. Or the offering meditation, just talking about, if if I had the time, if I had the time, I would give it to God, right? The problem is, we have the time. It just calls us into being disciplined and saying, I'm going to make time just to simply be with Jesus just to simply be there, just to simply listen for his voice, just to simply sit there in silence and feel what I feel and then reflect, Jesus, what is this leading me into? How can I, how can I listen to what I'm feeling? How can, I, how can I move forward from this? But Mary chooses that one thing, and notice how Jesus says it's not going to be taken away from her, Right? Martha, you're, you're convinced that you need to do these things, and now you're upset with your sister that she's, she's sitting at my feet. But guess what? She chose the one thing that truly matters, and so I'm not going to take that away from her. Right. Now, the, the, the last section of, of your bulletin there's kind of these questions, and I feel that the questions really, um, actually, they help me think through the, the points that are, are kind of coming forth from a few of these diff- different stories, at least in my own head, right? Um, and so I want to ask this first question, are we able to choose to be with Jesus and put aside the other way of life? Right, with the rich young ruler, this, this is the question that he, he's being asked, essentially. Hey, Are you able to choose to actually be with Jesus? Or are you going to choose your possessions and just just doing the things that you think you need to do to get into heaven? That was essentially what the entire sermon was about last week, was this idea of, hey, are you able to choose, choose God's way of life or the other way of life? And that can be a difficult question, right? There's kind of three different steps here. And this first question is, is simply asking you, hey, if you are in this position of choosing God or choosing your other way of life, are you, are you able to choose God? Are you able to come to him and say, I want to be at your feet? And first, guess what? God needs to be in your chair, right? The, the chair is a symbol of, of making um, of decisions for your life, the direction of your life. And if you are in the chair, then you're making the decisions for your life. And if God is in the chair, then God is making decisions for your life. So are you able to say, God, you're in the chair, and I'm going to sit right in front of you at your feet, listening to you, learning from you? So I ask you again, are you at Jesus' feet? Are you listening for his voice? Are you trying to take in what he has to offer you? Because guess what? We, we, we know about Jesus. He's this amazing, amazing person who, yes, died on the cross for your sins. And so are you able to say, yes, I want him in my life. I want him to be governing my life. And I want to sit at his feet and just simply be there with him. I just want to be there with Jesus. I want to be there with Jesus. Now the next question comes from David's Psalm. Are we able to maintain being with Jesus? Are we able to maintain that? So notice that that step from if you're in the decision-making process, right? Am I going to choose to follow Jesus? Now you're in this spot of, hey, you've made that decision. Are you able to maintain being there? Because our relationship with God isn't this big decision that we make and then we just carry on living the life that we once lived. No, we're supposed to look very different than we did before. And so maintaining being with Jesus is this idea, are you making time in your life to actually just sit there and be with Jesus? I'm a terrible, terrible reader. Not that I am not good at reading, I just don't do it well. Well, that's confusing now. Okay. I... I get very distracted when I read. It's very hard for me to actually sit down and pay attention to the pages because, guess what, birds are singing outside. Um, My cat's doing something funny in the living room. Um, You know, just all these different things that are very distracting to me. But I know that reading my Bible is very, very important in my faith walk. And so it's really hard for me to sit down and actually be there with Jesus as I read, right? Because as a kid, you're told, hey, read your Bible, read your Bible. And then they kind of put time, time not time limits, but time expectations on it. At least for, for myself, I have to. Otherwise, I'm like, okay, I've read a line and I'm distracted by this thing. I'm going to go do that thing, right? So 15 minutes, I'm going to read my Bible. 20 minutes, I'm going to read my Bible. 30 minutes, whatever it, whatever it might be. The problem is, I'm so distractible that, hey, I'm sitting there, and the Bible's open and I read a few words and I'm distracted by this other thing, and then I read a few words and I'm distracted by this other thing, and I'm not actually there in the moment taking in what Jesus has to offer me as I'm reading Scripture. I'm not actually there with Jesus. I'm not at Jesus' feet. Instead, I'm off somewhere else, completely distracted, even though I have the Bible open. And the words are there. Now, I don't assume that all of you are struggle with reading like I do. But there might be something where it's like, hey, this, this practice that I have in my life, I'm just kind of, I'm like a robot when I do it. I just am walking through the motions. Walking through the motions, going through the motions. I'm not actually there with Jesus as I'm doing them. And so are we able to maintain being with Jesus? Jesus. Now the last question, the question that comes from Mary and Martha's story. Are we able to put aside the hustle and bustle of life and be with Jesus? Right? We get so, so busy in life. So, so busy. There's always just so many things going on, right? And In Frank's communion meditation, he's talking about all these things that could be happening, right? The, the mortgage and the car, and the car's broken now. I've got to fix the car. I've got to do this. I've got to do that, right? There's so much going on. So much. So are you able to say, no, I, I know that I have to make time, not just like say I'm going to have time later, because often that time gets taken up, but I'm going to make time to be with Jesus. Because right? I notice on my calendar, when I have an hour free, I'm like, I have an hour to do whatever I want. That hour times gets taken up by something that comes up that I need to do. But if I say this hour that I have space in my calendar for, I'm going to make that a time where I spend it with Jesus make it a time, I'm less likely to then allow something else to overtake that. So are we able to put aside the hustle and bustle of life and be with Jesus? Now, relationships are a huge thing in our lives. Okay, Um, So I have friendships, I have family members, right? Um, A lot of you, I assume, have spouses, right? If if we spent, if we took our relationships and we didn't make time to actually be there in the moment in those relationships, how would they work out? They probably just, they, they wouldn't work out very well. Or they just wouldn't work out at all. Right? Um, I'm not married, but I know a lot of people who are married. And I know, from what they tell me, their experience, their lived experience, um, that they need to make time to spend together. Like, actually make time. To say, I'm not going to let this slide. I'm not going to say, hey, I have two hours free on Saturday, and they're going to remain free, because then it doesn't remain free, because something comes up that you got to do. But instead, I'm going to make time to spend it with my spouse. And then if you add children into the equation, then it's even more complicated, because then they have their own schedules, and, man... We get busy. Well, I don't get busy, I guess, within that type of relationship. In other relationships, I get busy, but nonetheless, right? But we need to make time to build relationships with people, make time to actually be able to be with the person that we say that we love, that we care about, with the people that we say that we love and that we care about. And if that's true, then that translates over into our relationship with God, If we say that we love God, then we need to make time to be with Him. To say, hey, I know I'm busy. I know I've got a lot going on. But guess what's really important? My time with God today. So I'm going to take an hour. I'm going to take two hours. I'm going to take the day. And I'm just going to spend it with God the whole day. Because I know how important that it is. Now, within the, the topic of transformation, I believe that this, this topic, this topic of, of just being with God, is so, so valuable, right? It's not the only way that we can pursue after trans- transformation, but I do think that simply just saying, I'm going to make time to be with God, is, is a way that we can pursue after transformation. To say, I know I'm called to be different, and I know that I actually need to, to you know, make time to pursue after being different, to understand God a little bit more, to understand my faith a little bit more, to understand my relationship with Jesus a little bit more. And so this is a way where I can just stop, I can slow down, and I can just be with Jesus, be with God, and just experience him, what he has to offer me, to know him, understand him more, understand my love for him, understand his love for me even more. And now a few ways, I didn't want to just leave you with that. I have a few examples. Well, before that, sorry, before that, right? God desires us for us to be. God desires for us to be. Just simply to be there with him. To be there in relationship with him. God desires for us to spend time with him. To spend time with him. Now, like I said, I have several examples of what this could look like. First off, prayer is a big one. But like I said earlier with, with, with my scripture reading, right, um, I, I, again, also as a child was you know, taught, hey, you can set aside times. You can pray before bed, pray uh, as you wake up in the morning, pray dinner time, right, those types of things. And they kind of turned into times where it's like, I know exactly what I'm going to say every evening, every morning, Instead, what I found in my adult life, what I need to do is just set aside a large chunk of time so that whatever I might say daily is done, and then I can just be there with God. Say, hey, oh yeah, I forgot. This thing is happening in my life. This thing is going on. It's hard, God. I, I could use your help in this. I could use your, your support in this. So prayer, but not just prayer where we just go, we just get it done because it's on our to-do list, but prayer that says, no, I'm just going to spend time talking with him. Talking with him. I've had actually several, um, several gentlemen in my life give me, give me advice in a way of, of when, when you get married, Jack, when you get married. I don't know why this topic is coming up so much within this sermon, but I guess it's relevant. When you get married when so-and-so, whoever it is, asks you, how was your day? Don't just say good. Don't just say it was fine. Don't just say, oh, it was bad, right? Because guess what? They're the person that's closest to you in life, and they want to know more than good or fine or bad. They want to hear stories as to why it was good or fine or bad, right? And I I assume it's true because I've had several different people at different times in my life say the same thing, right? But if if I were to just, you know, whatever it may be, if I I were to come home and just say, day was good, right? Day was good, right? Or if I'm in prayer and I say, thank you for the day, God, and that was it. There's not a whole lot of substance there. There's not a whole lot of, of digging deep into what I was actually feeling in this moment throughout the day. And that's what it's like to just talk with anyone, right? How are you doing this morning on a Sunday morning? Oh, I'm doing good, even though my life is falling apart, right? No, we we want to know, we want to build relationships with each other. We want to know what's going on. God wants to know what's going on in your life. So are you at his feet telling him about your day? Are you at his feet actually telling him about your day? Because he wants to hear it. Scripture reading. I already kind of talked about this one earlier, right? But just as a little reminder, I actually spend time in the Scripture. One of the things that really helps me, right? There's a lot of people that Bible reading plans really help. I find that to be a, a huge struggle because then it just becomes a to-do list task just to get through those verses, just to get them done. And then I'm on to the next thing of my day what I find just to help me in my own mind, right, is to say, I'm going to focus on, you know, maybe this this chapter of this, this book or part of this chapter of this book. And I'm going to give myself more time than I actually need to read it because then I'm called into reflecting on that scripture. Saying, okay, what do I actually hear in this scripture? What's going on? Maybe then I'm encouraged, like, I have more time than, than just reading through it. Oh, there's this reference back to a psalm. Let me go back and read that psalm. And so then it's not just getting through reading Scripture. It's like, oh, I get to take it in. I get to be with Jesus in this moment. I get to hear him and what he's saying. So Scripture reading in that way. Moving forward from that, memorizing Scripture, right? Memorizing Scripture takes time. You don't just read it once and then, boom, it's there. It takes time to memorize Scripture. But guess what happens when you memorize Scripture? You spend time there with Jesus. You read it over and over and over and over again. You say, oh, wow. When you put a little bit of emphasis on this word, wow, what that really opens it up for me. That's really exciting. That's really cool. That's awesome. So memorizing Scripture. Lying, lying down in the quiet. This is one that I... Love, <laughs> this does not mean taking a nap. I wish it did, but it doesn't, okay? Um, and this has come up in a few different books that I've read about how to spend time with Jesus, right? I know people who lay on their floor because it's hard to fall asleep on their floor, right? I know people who uh, lie down on their bed and just you know they're just laying there, just listening to Jesus, just saying, hey, I just want to spend time with Jesus because you know what this also helps us do? It helps us reflect on how we're feeling, what emotions we're going through. It helps us reflect on what is happening in our life and then therefore how to, um, how to consult God on that, to say, hey, God, this thing is happening in my life. I forgot about it till I just I laid down for a few minutes and now, man, I really just, this is hard. Going through this is really hard. Man, this is just so exciting. I'm so, I'm so happy that this is going on. This is so cool. So lying down in the quiet. The quiet can be such a, a freeing and, and, and amazing thing. Because that's what oftentimes our life, especially here in the States, it's so, it's so loud. There's so much going on. There's, there's screaming kids. There's, um, there's loud roads. There's um, just so much happening. So if, when I get to take time or make time just to lie down in the quiet, how beautiful that is. Uh, allow yourself to feel allow yourself to feel just, just be there saying "Ah, oh, man I've been having this, this weird feeling throughout the whole week and I haven't really understood it so I'm going to make time to actually sit there and reflect on that to sit there and say why have I been feeling this why have I been feeling uh, frustration um, towards this person why have I been feeling resentment towards this person why have I been feeling these things as opposed to just letting it go and letting it fester, and letting it become worse, right? Why have I been feeling these things? Reflect on those things. Why have I been feeling so down lately? Why have I been feeling so happy lately? Why have I been feeling so excited lately, right? Allow yourself to feel those things and and reflect on those things. Make time to do that. Uh, this This one might be a little bit hard. Change up your habits. Change up your habits, right? So when, like I said, when I was a kid, the, the the Bible reading schedule and the prayer schedule, right? It required me to change up my habits to say I'm not just going to keep doing the same thing. Because um, what's the what's the saying people say? What's the definition of insanity? To keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result, right? That whole thing. Um, that that would have been me if I was like, I'm doing the same thing, but it's not changing anything, right? I need things to change. We actually need to uh, develop different habits, rhythms of life, um, some call them, right? Uh, maybe maybe we're at that point. Uh, one thing that can be uh, really helpful is just to, to go away somewhere and, and be on our own for uh, an afternoon, a day, right? Um, I do like to kind of, I, I've mentioned this before, I like to go camping, but everyone has a different definition of camping. So I, I like to go camping in the way of, you know, I'm not in the middle of, literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, There's a place for me to put my tent that has been made for a place to put my Anyway, so, um, I like to go camping. All that being said, right? Um, So go away to be on your own and just be there with Jesus, right? Um, I feel so free sometimes when I'm separated from my phone. Um, People, you know, I mean, everybody has their own schedules, and I can't assume people are going to be able to reach me on my own schedule, but it's really nice to go somewhere and be out of cell service sometimes, um, just to be able to turn my mind off and be with Jesus, right? Uh, Along with the going away to be on your own, also going away with others, spending time with others, right? Whether you have a, a friend group that you love to go do things with and say, "Hey, we're going to go to the coast and we're going to spend time together and, and do these things um, that we love together, and just be uh, with each other, spend time with Jesus together, do all these things. Whether it be with a spouse or um, a family member that you really enjoy hanging out with, um, you know spending time away with others is also a wonderful, wonderful way to be with Jesus, just to be with him. Um, and so long story short right? We're called to be different in terms of transformation. We're called to actually be different. Actually be different. And the thing about it is we're not called to be different on the outside. Like, only on the outside, right? Just doing the things. That's what the rich young ruler thought. He was like, oh, I just gotta do the things on the outside. I look like I'm, I'm, I'm well and saved and going to heaven, right? I'm doing the things. No, we're actually called to be different on the inside. And that's why we're talking about this idea of Transformation. This full transformation from the inside out that leads us into doing the things that are good. And I believe this is a way of just just simply this idea of being with Jesus, just sitting there with him at his feet. This is a wonderful way for us to say, this is how I'm pursuing after transformation. Because I know spending time with him is actually going to affect me from the inside out. Not just outwardly. Not just outward faith, but the inside out on out. Transformation, difference from the inside out. Um, as we move forward, just so, some next steps for you, right? In terms of the questions, right? Am I able to um, be with God and put aside the other way of life? If, if that's where you're at and you make the decision, yes, I am, then I'd encourage you to give your life to Jesus. Uh, as we sing our next song, um, you can come forward and, and I'll chat with you for a brief moment and um, we'll walk through that process with you. Um, you can join a, a small group or a service team if you want to uh, maybe maintain being with Jesus um, or even sign up for a Connect class. That's a, a time where you, you spend uh, lunchtime with, with Matt and he kind of tells you about the church and, and uh, you know, what we believe and some of the things that, that we do and, and uh, why we do them. So I'd encourage you to be reflecting on those things as we sing our final song.